Brady, yes, talk to me about this this first book of the series, man, because I'm into it and I actually gave up much needed sleep the other night because I'm, I'm getting to points. I'm not going to do any spoilers, but um, I'm getting to points in the book where I'm like, yo, what's about to happen next? How did the concept for, for this come? So the concept is actually, um, I've had the idea since probably around high school. Um, so about just over a decade. And so there's a lot of different inspirations um, with the other characters. I try to do a lot of different personalities, a lot of different, you know, uh, laid back characters, aggressive characters, you know, just a lot of different personalities because I want to, I wanted the, the readers, any type of reader to have a, um, to connect a connection to the story in some way. So the laid back characters kind of focused on me. It's, it's modeled after just how, how cool and calm I am. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, that's what you wanted to be. You know, yeah, that's, cool, cool. I, that's how you feel. <laughs> um, and so, so speaking of inspiration, where does like who who inspires you as a writer and as an author? Hey, way down deep inside of me. Get paid a pretty penny for my thoughts. I'm hard away with grandma. What's up? This is the Narratives Over Wine and Whiskey podcast. The podcast where we discuss issues that affect black and millennial communities while having a good drink. I'm your host, Daryl. Let's get to it. Ooh. All right. So got my one of my best friends. Uh, <laughs> most critical people in my life. If I if I need to be checked. Um Line brother, uh, brother in, in God, fellow married man, which <laughs> half of our, our jokes are just uh, laughing about how marriage is, is such a beautiful institution. Uh, but now, nah. um, got Brady Moore, author extraordinaire here. And um, I'm going to read his biography real quickly, but then give him a chance to introduce himself. So Brady was born and bred in Charlotte, North Carolina, where years of Saturday morning cartoons superhero comics and science fiction movies slowly manifested into aspirations of being a fiction writer a fiction author excuse me i can't read <laughs> um he originally graduated from the university of north carolina at greensboro in 2010 with a degree in media studies and a goal of, of putting his skills as a writer toward journalism the idea to write novels came after spending years of working as a theater manager and blogging about movies if he's not playing with his hyperactive Jack Russell Terrier or binging shows on Netflix with his wife, he's probably off plotting his next project. So that's the official. That's what everybody else gets. But um, Brady, welcome to Narratives Over Wine and Whiskey podcast. Tell the people whatever else they might need to know or want to know about you. I mean, um, not a whole lot to tell, man. I mean, the biography pretty much says it all. I'm a, I'm a self-proclaimed black nerd. Always have been. Um, love science fiction, comic books, superheroes, all that good stuff, man. And uh, like I said, UNC Greensboro graduate, proud Spartan, uh, Charlotte NC, born and bred. So just happy to be on the podcast, man. Good stuff, man. Good to have you. Um, so we'll kick it off as I always do with the uh, drinks of choice, and I'll yield to you. What are you drinking tonight? 
I am drinking one of my favorite um, my favorite whiskey bourbon is um, Conviction. It's a it's a distilled right here in North Carolina. One of my favorites. Yeah, man, you uh, you actually recommended it to me. I have a bottle um, downstairs that I have yet to crack. Um, but I decided I figured you'd be on that today. So I decided yeah. to, uh, to run with this Wild Turkey 101. I just found this one. Um, it's 101 proof. Very solid, very smooth. Um, and I had heard about it for a while. I've, you know, people have heard of Wild Turkey and it's not a it's a well-known brand that people don't really say is one of the best ones. But this is the best bargain for your buck, I think, um, at around the twenty five dollar price point. So. I've uh, I've got a six week old, so I pour a little bit more. Um, but Brady, talk to me about this this first book of this series, man, because I'm into it, and I actually gave up much needed sleep the other night. Because I'm, I'm getting to points, and I'm not going to do any spoilers, but um, I'm getting to points in the book where I'm like, "Yo, what's about to happen next? How did the concept for for this come?" So the concept is actually, um, I've had the idea since probably around high school. Um, so about just over a decade. Um, it really kind of, the concept really kind of came about, I'm a big X-Men fan. Um, grew up on X-Men, the whole idea of kind of like a allegory for civil rights. You had so many different types of mutants um, in X-Men. Specifically, one of my favorite, two of my favorites for Professor X and Jean Grey, just because of their powers. And they could do so many different things with their powers. And so for me, it was just the concept came about as looking at Jean, the Jean Grey character and saying, okay, what if I split up all the things that she can do? And so instead of a character being able to do all these different things, you had one that could, you had one group of, of characters who could who had the telekinesis, and one group of characters who could read minds, and one group of characters who could control minds. And so that's how I kind of how it came about. And then once I kind of had that general that general idea, um, this this kind of story developed of this this kind of introverted black kid who had this the, the telekinesis power is always been one of my favorites. Um, so I thought it would be really a really cool idea to have this character who had had telekinesis, who was kind of toying with that power and um, just kind of coming of age, and then learning that there's other characters, other other um, superpowered characters out there um, that he doesn't know about, and kind of being engulfed into that world, and just the the, the readers or the you know, the audience just kind of growing and learning with him and uncovering all the mysteries of that. Um, that kind of just kind of trickled trickled down um, from that original concept. Yeah, man. Um, Ryan is, I think, going to be one of my favorite fiction characters. Um, it, you know, I, and, and for most of us who are, you know, in our age group, we are so bogged down with the everyday, um, with the challenges of the world, with with just life in general, you know, you and I both being new parents and you know, you've got marriage, you've got, you've got so many things in reality that pull us down. It's cool to, to find a piece of work that allows me to use my, my imagination again. So thank you for that. It, uh, as I said the other night, I'm in bed, um, Desiree was sleeping and night shift is really my time with uh, Avery. And so it's four in the morning, three in the morning, something like that. I get him. I feed him and um, I'm trying to put him back to bed and I can't fall asleep. So I said, you know what? 
I need to knock out a, at least a chapter. I'm trying to do at least a chapter a day just to to get back in the the mindset of reading some some good fiction. And here I am, like four chapters later, like damn it. Now he's back awake wanting another bottle, and, uh, cool. and so I mean it, it's really really good reading, really engaging. Um, as you develop the characters, what really inspired you to kind of put their personalities together? Because you know D is really funny. Um, you know her relationship with, with Ryan. I'm I'm just I'm invested in seeing how the story plays out and the trilogy plays out. So how did you come up with the the people and where did you draw from? Um, you know, you always kind of draw from, from, from real life. Um, I think there's definitely a lot of myself in the character of Ryan and just that, and just that kind of introverted nature. You know, some people confuse being an introvert with being shy, but there's, it's, it's very different. Um, you know, introverts just kind of are very reserved with who they kind of open themselves up to. But once you get them talking, you know, they're, they're, they're friendly, you know, they're very friendly. They're very open people. And I just, there's a lot of, um, of my wife in, in the D character. Um, and just this, you know, I always pick on my wife because she's almost incapable of not engaging in small talk. So like, even if she doesn't want to talk with, with like people, if you engage with her, she is just, she just, you know, will always keep the conversation going. And so I thought it was just a really, a really, um, really great way to start, to start the, the series um, with just introducing um, a character that didn't necessarily have, I, I really love the character D um, and, and she has a lot more importance going forward, but I, I think she's just a really grounding character. Uh, she's just a really grounding character that kind of humanizes um, she just kind of represents that that side of him that really just wants to be normal, wants to be kind of, you know, wants to have friends, wants to, you know, to be a personable, you know, be personable. So, you know, really having that character introduced first is, I think, something that helps the reader get to know Ryan's personality mm-hmm. because he's that introverted type of character. And then once you get to, once you get into the other, the other, you know, clairvoyance and the other characters, um, I, I really enjoyed the personalities of some of the other characters. Um, there's a lot of different inspirations. Um, I think there's a character that's in there who's very much inspired by the Cyclops character uh, in X-Men. Um, there's a character that, that is uh, that, that draws a lot from my older brother and from a lot of the older brother mentors that I had growing up. And so there's a lot of different inspirations um, with the other characters. I try to do a lot of different personalities, a lot of different, you know, laid back characters, aggressive characters, you know, just a lot of different personalities because I want to, I want the, the readers, any type of reader to have a, um, to connect a connection to the story in some way. The laid back characters kind of focused on me. It's, it's modeled after just how, how cool and calm I am. <laughs> hey man, that's what you wanted to be. You know, yeah, that's, cool, cool. that's how you feel. <laughs> um, and so, so speaking of inspiration, where does like, who who inspires you as a writer as an author? So writing was was you know it's kind of touched on in my bio, but writing is not something that I really um, originally gravitated towards as far as writing novels. Um, I wanted I went to when I was in college, I really wanted to do more script writing, um, go more to journalism, things like that. Um, Journalism is just one of those things where uh, to get going in that industry, you really got to go to small towns. You got you really got to grind for a long time before you really, really get where you want to go. Um, and I didn't necessarily want to do that. 
And, um, you know, for script writing, it's a lot more robotic. Um, you, you know, you, it's a lot more telling rather than showing. Um, so you can be a lot more descriptive, a lot more poetic when you're writing a novel. And it was just something that I kind of just tried as a hobby. Um, and once I realized I could do it, uh, it was it was a very cathartic process. And for me, it got me reading more. And I get inspiration from a lot of different a lot of different mediums. So I'm a huge you know I'm a huge movie movie guy. I love movies. And and I've already I've, I've been told that my that my writing style can be can be pretty you know kind of cinematic. Um, and that's because I you know I, I grew up on movies. I, I I've always said writing when it comes to writing anything I want to have an end before you know in mind before the beginning that way it doesn't go on forever so you know when it comes to this this series I always thought about it being a trilogy I already know how it's going to end I already know where I want to go with the characters um and so most of my inspirations really come from like movie you know, movie directors and movie producers Ryan Coogler uh Christopher Nolan uh, Quentin Tarantino, Steven Spielberg. Like I, I'm, a, I'm a big movie guy, and uh, there's a lot of great, great authors out there. A lot of great writers, but um, and I, and then I don't think there's necessarily one writer that I, I gravitate towards as inspiration as far as um, writing novels. Um, but there's a lot of great um, authors out there. There's a lot of great black authors out there that are that are you know kind of getting getting their start nowadays, and. Um, uh, I don't know if you've read the book. It's called um, Children of Blood and Bone. Um, it's out. It's a, it's, a, it's a really good book. Um, I can't I can't pronounce the author's name. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I just started reading. Um, it, yeah, it's like an African. It's like African Harry Potter almost. Um, I've heard about. Um, just started reading it. It's it's, it's incredible. Um, the sequel's already out. Uh, I try not to read a lot of a lot of books while I'm writing because I don't want to accidentally, you know, borrow things. Um, but there's a lot of series. I, I was a big fan of the Hunger Games series. I was a big fan of the Maze Runner series. Um, I, I like Harry Potter movies, and I've never actually read the books, which is pretty funny because my wife is the opposite. She's a huge fan of the books and the movies. Um, but yeah, I mean, like those are kind of my inspirations. But as far as as far as my own writing style, I've kind of, I've kind of, you know, tried to borrow bits and pieces, but I've always kind of kept that cinematic kind of feel uh, because I'm such a movie buff. Actually, uh, Dozier and I had a drink yesterday, um, and we were talking about your book, this one. Um, so, for those, well, I'll, I'll get back to that. But for those who don't know, um, this is not Brady's first uh, rodeo. He's done this <laughs> twice before. Um, but either way, um, Doze and I were talking about the cinematic style of the the writing and we're like yo we can't wait to see this uh you know gonna go ahead and speak it into into the universe or existence or whatever however people want to address it get it uh you know on a on a movie deal be it a netflix or universal however it, it plays out we're like yo his style is such that the stories need to be be told on screen um so yeah man it it's good you know, it's funny because like I, I, I was telling my wife because um, she was that was one of her biggest things early on. She's you know she's she's exclu gets the exclusive. She gets to read a, every she gets to read everything before even it gets sent to the publisher. So she gets to she gets to she's my guinea pig. She gets to hear all the the plot twists and everything. And uh, that was one of the first things she said was you know one wanting to see it become a movie. And one of the funniest things 
that she likes to do is kind of come up with actors and actresses to play the characters. But she always she always mentions people who are who are significantly too old to play the character. Like I love Michael B. Jordan, but he can't play Ryan. He's I, knew, <laughs> I knew she was gonna say that. I knew seventeen years old, Ryan's seventeen years old. That's not gonna maybe a couple years ago. But um hmm. so tell like, Christy I'm gonna play this game with her. So <laughs> what about the guy who plays um what is that? This is us. You watch This Is Us? Uh I have I have I, I'm familiar with This Is Us. There's a young guy on there who plays uh Randall when he's in college. And I think he's a pretty pretty good actor. I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head. But yeah, I could I could see him in but Michael B. Jordan, yeah, great, great thespian, but just is is too old, far too old. Unless, unless, you know, in the third book, there's a very much older Ryan. Ah. <laughs> see, I'm not, see, that's, see, I just admire I'm not going to go into spoiler territory with that, but um, no, I don't, I, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of great actors out there that I've, that I've, I've thought of, but for me, I've never really, um, I, I've, I've obviously thought about the idea of it being, you know, you know, a movie and everything like that. But for me, just the opportunity to to get these stories out there, um, it was such a grueling process to to write just the just the first book. You know, I, revision over and over and over and over. And um, it's one of those things where if you're not passionate about the story, it can definitely get exhausting. You can kind of get tired of your own project. So you have to kind of be passionate about the story. And for me, just having the opportunity to get the trilogy written and, and with Kyle Publishing has been amazing. Um, they have given me the opportunity to to you know they they gave me a, they offered me a contract before they'd even read anything for the, the the parts two and three, and for them to be you know invested in the just the characters, invested in the first story, um, that's just an amazing opportunity in itself. So you know movies and all that stuff that you know if that happens it happens but i'm just really excited for the opportunity just to to have people just read the story and 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 experience you know this idea that's kind of just been sitting in my head for so long so you you speak of uh kyle publishing and and talk about that how was that process because you said you know they went ahead and and kind of bet on you you know they put they put the chips on the table and like hey we want to work with you so how'd that go yeah, I mean, like I said, it was a very long process. Um, first, I had, you know, I, I had to seek out um, a literary agent. Um, my literary agency is Metamorphosis Literary Agency. They've been they've been amazing as well. Great feedback. Um, the most excited I actually have ever been about the project was when I got feedback from the agency, and it was, it was because it was the first kind of constructive criticism from someone who I actually felt like understood the story. So like when you're submitting to agencies and you're getting people to, you know, most of the time they don't even read the whole book. They're just reading a chapter or, or the first 10, 15 pages or, you know, a sample chapter. And then they'll ask for the whole, the whole manuscript. And, you know, sometimes they'll ask you to change this and that, or they'll, you know, say that they don't necessarily, it's not necessarily for them or they won't respond at all. And Metamorphosis was the was the agency that really, from their feedback, I really felt like they understood and connected with the characters. And they, you know, I had there was someone within the agency who read it, and they connected with some of the kind of subtle nuances just be, having a black author, um, just you know, with the character listening to you know, uh, a tribe called Quest, or quoting um, Nas. You know, that's just Nas, you know, just, bro. 
Yes. Just little things like that. You know, that's it's not I, I always say that clairvoyance is that the fourth kinetic is not a it's not a black story. Um it's it's a story that that I think a lot of people can gravitate towards. But when you think of Spider Man, uh Spider Man is not a white story. Which is why, you know, you can have a black character come along like Miles Morales and play Spider Man. Because it's not it's not a story meant for a specific race. It's just a story being told. And so for clairvoyance, it's not a black story, it's a story from a black kid's perspective. And that alone allows you to tell a story in a way that's unorthodox from what you typically read. And so that was one of the more and so having having an agency and then having a publishing company that kind of understood that from the jump made me feel like okay this this project is in the right hands because you can easily have somebody come along and kind of manipulate your project into something that it's not and there's a lot of you know a lot of times it happens on on the you know on the subsequent levels like on the movie level um where you the project gets completely changed from the original intent and having people in my camp that were excited about the characters and the feedback they gave me helped me improve the improve the, my improve my writing and improve the story uh, i can tell you that they made there's a lot of suggestions that they gave me but before i before i i had linked up with them there was a lot of feedback i got where i'm just like yeah no nah, i'm not gonna do that um especially with my wife my wife would have suggestions i'm like yeah, nah, i'm not doing that and you know it's easy to to do that with your own writing you know it's like your child it's like your baby but when you have people in your camp and people in your corner who understand your characters then when you get when they give you feedback it's just like oh okay yeah i get it yeah you, you understand exactly where i'm trying to go and you're giving me feedback that can help me get there and so um you know kale was one of the first ones that reached out to me and from the from the get-go just the communication with them and, and the ideas they had the cover design let me tell you uh i had nothing to do with the cover design i pretty much gave them the reins to do whatever um and you know people I, everybody was was you know congratulating me for the cover and i'm like i had nothing to do with it i'm just type of y'all like <laughs> like when i first saw it i was I, you know, I was blown away and they were you know they worked with me and everything to make it to make it perfection and so, you know, they they went above and beyond. I, I'm I'm very excited to to continue working with them with this trilogy, and, and you know, hopefully getting opportunities for more projects with them as well. But they, they've got a lot of great um, great projects out. And um, what I love about them is they've got so many different. You know, they've got romance uh, novels. They've got you know teen you know teen romance novels the vampire stuff that's not my forte but they might be you know somebody else might might like it and then you know obviously having the opportunity to write in one of the one of their premier science fiction uh projects and you know they're they're just they're really just getting going um they just started up in 2016 so they're just really getting going and it's it's been great to kind of um work with them and grow with them and they're black owned black black woman as a ceo so i just want to also throw that out there um, so I'm going to tell you where you hooked me and hopefully, uh, y'all will, y'all will rock with this and appreciate this as well. So Mr. Keenan decided to ask, uh, Ryan, what are your thoughts on human behavior? A quote or an observation perhaps. And you, you just said it, you know, he, 
he replies, people fear what they don't understand, understand. hate what they they can't can't conquer, conquer. guess Guess it's it's just the theory of man. man. And so I'm sitting here and I'm reading this um, on Avery's one month check-in. And this is actually the first book that I've started reading to him out aloud, right? So I'm reading it to him, Desiree's in the room. I said, Desiree, I know that line. I know that line. Why the hell do I know that line, right? (laughs) I'm just like, yo, I'm like, this cat just decided to take a line from something and then you continue to see that you gave that credit. I was like, yo, yes, this is what I'm talking about. It's, It's a story that though it is not a story for black people, it is a story that black people can relate to. And that hit me because I was like, yo, hold up, how old is this cat? And then I found out he just likes old school hip hop. Um, And it really, really resonated with me as a reader at 33 years old. Because if you look at the the cover, you might think, oh yeah, this is a, a teen fiction novel. But no, I think that across a spectrum of ages, we can appreciate Ryan's character because he is an old soul in a young man's body and it's just a it's beautiful to see him start to grow and develop um and start to understand who he is because that's where i'm at right now is he's starting to understand like more about his story and that for me i'm like okay you know what even as a, a what 33 year old who when you look at when you're checking the boxes right and they ask you where your age is and they have the age groups and i realized that yeah <laughs> I am now in that 24 to 35. Yeah, I got to check this high box because the next box in two years is going to be 36 to 49. Um, I I realized how old I was back when I was working in the movie theater. This was back when they made that unnecessary sequel to Independence Day without Will Smith, which was a terrible idea. Right. And I, I had an employee, I was a manager of the theater. I had an employee who had never heard of Independence Day. And she was born in 1997. And that's when I realized I was old. <laughs> yeah. That's when I realized I was like, okay, yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting up there. Yep. That, that'll do it for you. Um, the, the young bros do it to me. I'm, I'm like, when I talk to them and I'm like, yeah, y'all were really born when I was pledging. Um, <laughs> yeah. or, or y'all were in el- going into elementary school or whatever it is. <laughs> Remember that there's there's cats who were not alive who are now able to you know they're in college who were not alive when Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl. <laughs> Man, we uh, I think I think we were we were born at the right era. I was talking to um, someone the other day about Greek Week. Um, one of the young ladies from Alpha Chi Omega. She's on the the Brian board with me. And we were talking about how fun Greek week was and how much it would, how, how challenging it would be. I'll say, I'll use that language. How challenging it would be to have to do it during this pandemic, you know? Um, I couldn't imagine even going to college. Like I just, I can't, no. I can't imagine what it's like for, for anybody who's high school, college. I mean, it's a whole different, I mean, we had some challenges, but like nothing compared to yeah. The experiences that we were able to have were a- as troublesome as they were at times. They were beautiful because we could actually have them and experience them fully. Versus, I mean, you know, my I was I'm the first male in my father's lineage to graduate from college. Like to be able to walk across that stage was very important to me. And thankfully, a lot of people you know pushed it back a year, but some people didn't know if they were going to be able to do that. And that right. that's tough. Um, but back on topic um, real quickly 
what's what's next i know you 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 told me you're you're working on number two so how how far are we from getting that two so I, that's obviously with all even with with professional reviews and and um all, a lot of the reviews that, I, that i've had that have come in from um people who you know, strangers who've read the book and friends who read the book the first thing one of the first things they say is you know when's the next one coming out well what's when, the sequel coming um the sequel's coming um next year uh, 2022 so you don't have to wait too long um i'm pretty much wrapping up uh the the the, the final drafts um there probably some tweaks here and there but the story itself the story itself is already done um and obviously i'm biased um because i wrote it but i i am i am immensely excited for parts two i i I always said that if people, you know, first one, part one is, is really kind of the, the, just the jump off point. It's just there to, it's really just there to introduce audiences, uh, readers to the character Ryan, introduce them to the clairvoyance, introduce them to this kind of, this conflict. And part two is, is really when stuff kind of hits the fan. This is when we really get to, um, travel all the, all the questions that we kind of raised, that I kind of raised in book one. And uh, I, I like to call it my Empire Strikes Back because you know Empire Strikes Back. That's 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 the that's the pinnacle of the Star Wars. You know, Return of the Jedi was good, but Empire Strikes Back. That is when you know that's to me the the height of of part twos in the trilogy. And um, I think that that part two is going to be. Um, I don't want to hype it up too much, but I, I do feel like it's going to be the the um, the best one of the best part twos <laughs> in any trilogy. I feel like the characters are going to go places that people didn't expect. Uh, I think the ending is going to be um, going to blow people's minds because they aren't expecting it. There's a lot of twists and turns. Like I said, my wife is the guinea pig. She was blown away by a lot of the thing, by a lot of of, of uh, kind of twists and where I decided to take the story and yeah i think it's part two is just part two you know, part three is going to be the climax and everything and it's going to be great but part two is really the really the um the crescendo um and I, i'm very excited to to um for people to to get get to experience that one and you know uh ko if you want to join the ko publishing um website they have a loyalty program going if you join it you can get access to book two earlier than than uh, than the regular public, I think it's a, it depends, but it can be up to a couple months in advance. Um, so definitely, KyoPublishing.com, check that check that out um, because you'll get some definitely some exclusives there. They got a lot of great merch as well um, for uh, the fourth kinetic. But yeah, definitely, uh, book two is going to be. I think it's going to be amazing. I think people are really going to enjoy it. You know, I um, I love the way that. For me, Desiree, and for you, Christy, support us in our endeavors. Um, because there are times I'm sure Desiree doesn't feel like listening to my podcast episodes. Um, there might be days where Christy's like, yo, I'm not in a reading mood. But having someone by your side who's going to be supportive in that way um, is is transformative. And then both you and I both saw uh, our wives as true warriors within the past month and a half of uh giving birth to our first son so yeah man um we we are, are blessed in many many ways so shout out to the wonderful wives who stand beside us
No, I, I mean, I, my wife, this book would not exist without my wife. She is the one who pushed me because it was not, you know, you go through three years, three, four years of, revi- of revising a book over and over again, changing things, rejection letters and, and people not, you know, understanding your vision and, you know, wanting to just say, you know, scrap this, I'm just going to work on something else or I just thought maybe this isn't meant for me. She is always the person in my corner. Like she, she is absolutely the person who's constantly cheering me on. She's constantly the person who is motivating me. Um, even simple things like just saying, hey, babe, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and I'm gonna leave for a weekend and go you know hang out with a friend and leave you to the house by yourself so you can work on your writing. You know, that's pretty much how I cranked out the um, book two and finished it up. Like her just, just giving me the space to to finish it up and and giving me the atmosphere to focus. Um, just little things like that, man, have been have have helped me beyond belief. I couldn't I literally could not imagine. Uh, just being a, a writer, being an author without her. Like she has been the absolute just muse for me. And um yeah, I mean I, I she's amazing. Behind every good every good man is a great woman. And that's that's, that's, the that's truth, man. one hundred percent true. That is the truth. So so um yo, I'm I'm excited, bro. I am ready to go ahead and one, finish this book. Two I'm looking forward to uh, signing up for this reading list so I can get the the next one a couple months earlier since my my LB card doesn't get me the uh, the book earlier. <laughs> uh, but no, man, I I'm really excited. I'm glad I could have you on. We've been talking about it for a while, and life has happened, and we both had children, and you know it's just been hectic. But here we are, man. So I'm gonna crank out these edits, and we'll see if I can get this out this week. Because people people need to go ahead and buy and keep you at number one on on the list. Because you're still you're, you're number one right now, right? For sale? Yeah, I'm number one. Um, they got you know they got some new books coming out, so um, I, I hope I hope I can keep that spot. If it is, you know, if not, you know, uh, we'll, we'll try to stay in the top five, and uh, we'll yeah, try to keep it going. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and keep you keep you up there, number one, man. I'm, I'm gonna crank this ed- these edits out tomorrow and, and get you out on this Wednesday episode for this week. Hey. Appreciate you. Appreciate the time. I'm cutting off the recording so we can have some LB time. Yeah, man. And now for this episode's Adventures with Avery. What's up, folks? Uh, Got my boy Avery here with me. Um, It is time for this week's Adventures with Avery. And this time we're going to talk about the fact that... uh, Two days ago, maybe? Was it two days ago? This man, this boy, this baby, decided to... Y'all hear that? I don't know if y'all heard that, but it was a rumble in the jungle. Um, he decided to projectile on me. If you remember, um, in Mortal Kombat, there's a character called Reptile. He shoots venom out of his mouth to his opponent. That is what happened. 3 o'clock in the morning, no lie. Maybe 3.17. I think it's more like 3.17. That's the time I had on the feeding. We record our feedings so we know that he's eating regularly enough. Um, Just to make sure we don't miss a feeding or whatever. Anyway, around 3 o'clock in the morning, 3 to 3.30, what I do is I have an entire process right now. right? Because right now I'm the one who changes Avery at night. So, I wake up 
before as soon as I start hearing him start to get any kind of fussy before he starts crying but it's fussy I wake up I go I cut on the hot water uh, kettle shout out to Aunt Mildred and Uncle Ray for that amazing gift appreciate it cut on the hot water kettle then I take Avery to his room so that he can be changed put him on the changing table take a uh, bottle of milk out of the cooler put it into the, the warm water so that it can warm up while I change Avery now you know you never know what it's going to be is it going to be a number one number two you're not really sure but you know he probably did something every two hours sometimes it's both um, so I'm like all right I'm gonna change him I smell him so I know it's at least a number two if not a one and two together but I open the diaper and there's a little liquidy slash solid pool I'm like, okay at least he's done wonderful so i take his diaper off because oh the other part of the process put vaseline on his diaper um so that he doesn't get diaper rash so i put di- the vaseline on before i take his diaper off um then i pull out some wipes because they kind of get stuck together and i don't like wasting wipes anyway i've done my entire process and so at the end of my preparation I take his diaper off so it can be a quick, seamless little uh, little one action that doesn't wake him up too, too much before we get to feeding him at, at that time of day. <sighs> Traumatized still, y'all. I open his diaper up. I put it to the side so I can throw it away after I put the wipes in it. But before I can begin to wipe him, <sighs> just shoots out of his butt shoots out hits the little changing station that Desiree has set up in such a lovely fashion um, and proceeds to go across the the expanse of nothingness onto the door to his bedroom I mean the boy the boy is a shooter um, come on man you, you you really, really know I love you at this point. Because let an adult do that. Let an adult who is not an elderly person who wears diapers. Um, oh, and it hit my hand on the way there. Because I was getting ready to, like I said, use a wipe to wipe him. Um, if an adult does that and they're not an elderly person who needs help. Or just a person who needs, you know, legitimate help. If, if you defecate on me. At best, I won't talk to you again. At worst, you're going to see these hands. But I can't be mad at him can't love you man what you got to say to the people uh-huh uh-huh anything else to say the diaper. 
it's time to change it again. The Narratives Over Wine and Whiskey podcast is a subsidiary of Daniel's Development and Branding, LLC. Here for all of your fundraising strategy and creative storytelling needs. Connect with us online at dollarsandstories.com.